And now to honor America, especially the brave men and women serving our nation in the Persian Gulf and throughout the world, please join in the singing of our national anthem. The anthem will be followed by a flyover of F-16 jets from the 56th Tactical Training Wing at MacDill Air Force Base and will be performed by the Florida Orchestra under the direction of Maestro Yaha Ling and sung by Grammy Award winner Whitney Houston. Happy Saturday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to a 4th of July version of Freedom Speak. Truth seekers, freedom fighters, defenders of liberty, deplorables, lizard people, and ultra-magas. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to Freedom Speak. We are unrestrained, unashamed, unrelenting, unapologetic, and unafraid. On Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. Check out my website at its new location, freedomspeaknm.com. You can listen to playbacks of any of my shows as well as download some useful resources and also download the show notes from all of my previous shows. You can also now get the podcast on Spotify and Stitcher, and I'm working on Apple iTunes. I'll probably have that going in the next couple of days. You can send me your questions and comments and get started advertising by emailing me at my new email address of becca at freedomspeaknm.com. So I was thinking a little bit about the national anthem. I know it's been a topic of controversy for a couple of years now. We hear about the black national anthem. 
So is this the white national anthem? I don't think so. There's quite an interesting story behind the national anthem, how it came to be. And I'm not sure how many of you know this, but uh, to some of you, uh, you, maybe you do know this. Those that don't, I think you'll find it rather interesting. So, as you know, we're coming into Independence Day. That's what we all, that's what we call this holiday, the 4th of July. I thought I'd tell the story behind the writing of the famous song we know as the Star Spangled Banner. The song was based on a poem called Defense of Fort McHenry, written by Francis Scott Key. The poem was later set to the tune of a drinking song by John Stafford Smith, and it was called To Anacreon in Heaven. Did I pronounce that right, I hope? And came to be called the Star Spangled Banner. In the, in the 1890s, the U.S. Navy and the Army made the Star Spangled Banner an official song of the military. President Woodrow Wilson signed an executive order to make it the national anthem for the military in 1916. The song was declared our U.S. national anthem on March 3, 1931 by President Herbert Hoover along with Congress. So like I said, it was based on a poem. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the poem to you. It's, it's rather interesting. It... Um, and then I'll tell you the story behind how it got written. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight. O'er the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave? On the shore, dimly seen through the mists of the deep, where the foe's haunty host in dread silence reposes, what is that which the breeze o'er the towering steep, as it fitfully blows, half conceals, half discloses? Now it catches the gleam of the morning's first beam, in full glory reflected now shines on the stream. Tis the star-spangled banner, O oh, long may it wave, o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. And where is it that band who so hauntingly swore that the havoc of war and the battle's confusion, a home and a country should leave us no more? Their blood has washed out their foul steps pollution. No refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. And the star-spangled banner in triumph doth wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. Oh, thus be it ever when freemen st shall stand between their loved home and the war's desolation. Blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land Praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause it is just. And this be our motto, in God is our trust. And the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave. O'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. You notice in there, it says, in God is our trust. That ended up being used, as you know, on our money, in God we trust. And from what I understand, that's where it came from. 
Francis Scott Key was born in 1779 and was a lawyer who witnessed the British attack on Fort McHenry during the War of 1812. I wonder how many young people don't know what year the War of 1812 occurred. Kind of makes me wonder. The fort withstood the day-long assault, inspiring Key to write a poem that would become the future U.S. national anthem, the Star-Spangled Banner. Key later served as a district attorney for Washington, D.C. The events that inspired Key to write his famous poem began in the early 1810s, when the United States had entered into conflict with Britain over the kidnapping of U.S. seamen and the disruption of trade with France. Now, kidnapping seamen, that's an interesting story, actually. We was talking to somebody about this, that what they would do when they would kidnap these seamen from different countries is they would put them in the British military. They basically got what they a term they called impressed. They got impressed on the British military. So they forcefully became British soldiers. The ensuing hostilities would come to be known as the War of 1812. Though opposed to the war due to his religious beliefs and believing that the disagreement could be settled without armed conflict, Key nonetheless served in the Georgetown Light Field Artillery. British forces captured Washington, D.C. in 1814. Taken prisoner was a Dr. William Beans, who also happened to be a colleague of Key. Due to his work as an attorney, Key was asked to help in the negotiation of Beans' release and in the process traveled to Baltimore, where British naval forces were located along Chesapeake Bay. He, along with Colonel John Skinner, was able to secure Beans' freedom though they were not allowed to return to land until the British completed their bombardment of Fort McHenry. On September 13th, the three at sea watched what would become a day-long assault. After continual bombing, to Key's surprise, the British couldn't destroy the fort, and Key noted upon the dawning of the next morning a large U.S. flag being flown, which was actually sewed by somebody actually at the fort. And an interesting thing that I found out, too, is that the ships had to stay off at a distance when they were doing the bombing because if they got too close, the cannons in Fort McHenry could destroy their ships. So the cannonballs lost so much momentum uh, over the long distance that they tended to just kind of bounce off the fort. The British seized their attack and left the sea, uh, left the area. Key immediately wrote down the words for a poem that he would continue composing at an inn the next day. The work, which relied heavily on visualizations of what he witnessed, would come to be known as the defense of Fort McHenry and was printed in handbills and newspapers, including the Baltimore Patriot. I find the national anthem to be a symbol of how you can have victory even in the face of overwhelming odds. Due to the lack of education in, his, in history and even revisionist history, many young people have no knowledge of the tyranny by the British Empire that resulted in the Revolutionary War, which led to our independence. The founding fathers that stood up and said no to tyranny paid a high price for our freedom. They knew that if you give up your freedom, you have nothing. The founders of this country were not perfect. Nobody is. You know, a lot of people say, oh, well, they owned slaves and things like that. Well, yeah, some of them did. Uh, back then, it was considered a normal thing. And even though 
from everything I've read, some of them owned slaves. Um, they were really opposed to the whole concept of slavery. We currently see our country being attacked by enemies, both foreign and domestic. Right now, all we have to do to end this tyranny is to stand up and just say no. You know, like that phrase goes, we've heard for years, just say no, just say no, just say no, I won't comply. In a quote by John Hancock, he stated, resistance to tyranny becomes the Christian and social duty of each individual. Continue steadfast and with the proper sense of your dependence on God. Nobly defend those rights which heaven gave and no man ought to take from us. So I've got a couple of guests in my uh, studio today. They've both been on with me before, but they're both awesome guests, and uh, neither one of them are other short, uh, ever short on words. <laughs> in height, but not in words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've got Corrine Rios in here with me, and I've got Tim McLean. And uh, they've been friends of mine for a while now, and uh, I love everything that they're doing. I've, I've done a lot of protests with Corrine. Mm -hmm. Her and I have done a lot of speaking in front of people. We've had a lot of things to say. And like I said before, Corrine is a little lady with a really big voice. And That's uh, why he gave me a big voice, because I'm little. That's right, <laughs> making up for it there. That's what I tell people. He, he didn't give me height, but he gave me a voice. That's right. <laughs> so I better use it. So, Corrine, uh, what, what's your thoughts on, on the national anthem and 4th of July? I, I, I love it. One, partly because, um, you know, I have children in the military. My husband was in the military. And the national anthem um, really is about the, uh, them bombing Fort McHenry. Mm -hmm. um, and they were, he went over there. Francis, Ski, Ski, uh, Francis Scott went over to the ship, like you said. Yeah. And they were bombing Fort McHenry. And a lot of the the, the uh, there were I think there were more than just that one gentleman that you said beans. Mm -hmm. Beans. Yeah. Um, and they uh, during the bombardment they kept asking Francis, "Is the flag still there? Is the flag still there?" Because they knew that when that flag goes down. We are done. We have lost. And so the whole national anthem, if you look at the first, um, like the first part of it, they're questions, mm -hmm. right? And so the prisoners were asking Francis uh, Scott, is the flag still there? Is the flag still there? Because they knew the importance of that flag going down. And what's interesting is that um, even the, the British were amazed that the flag was still standing and, and I, I remember in one uh, history book, they were asking, how is this flag standing? Oh, we have put all of our cannons to hit the flag. And even the British were, uh, were amazed at how that still f the flag was still standing and come to find out that men, when the flag would go down, they would go and hold that flag with their bodies. And they stayed there. And they, some were even dead around the flagpole to keep that flag up in the air and that's how important the flag is to this country because of the symbolism and especially what happened at that war and that's why that's why this national anthem became about because he was answering the prisoners questions is it still there is the flag still there and he would answer back um, answer back that yes the bombs bursted through air gave proof to the night that our flag was still there by the grace of God really 
Yeah, it sounds like it. By the grace of God, that flag was still there. And so the national anthem, I love it. We ought to be standing. And it's not about a flag. It really is about the freedom of this country. Mm -hmm. It is. Because the flag is not just a flag. It is a, a beacon of hope to the world. And, and it's I, for all of us. And it's for every single one in the world. Because people want to come here in what? In droves? Yeah, what exactly. What for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. For our perseverance and, and especially for the Constitution that we have. The rest of the world is watching the United States. They, they have always watched the United States. So, so many times, literally, the United States has saved the world. I mean, we saved the world from Adolf Hitler. I mean, imagine if he would have been successful. Mm -hmm. Imagine if he would have taken over the world. It's like, I was thinking of something the other day. I was listening to uh, somebody talking on a TV show or something. He was talking about how he was Jewish. And it's like, you know, if Adolf Hitler would have been successful, we probably wouldn't have any Jews anymore. Yeah. I really do think that Adolf Hitler would have went to, uh, would have wanted to completely wipe out every single one of them. Well, that was his goal, was it not? Yeah, I think it was. That was his goal. He wanted, he yeah. wanted, he wanted to the, the superior race to be exactly. the only thing in the world. Yeah, but I, I don't think a lot. We, we are not teaching why this national anthem and that battle is so important um, to to our youngsters in education today. Uh, because when I really did a lot of digging and I and I read that whole story and did mm -hmm. some more research and I was just like, wow. We had some brave men and women back then, didn't we? We did. We did. Amazing. I kind of wonder if we still do. I think they're out there. They're, <laughs> they're far and few, but I think there's some out there. I, I think uh, it, I know some, some of them, and they're all in our patriot movement. Yeah. You know, I think they've managed to wee a lot of them out of the military. Yep. Which is, mm -hmm. which is scary. Tim, what's your thoughts? <laughs> First off, I want to say hallelujah and praise God. Yep. You know, um, having Corrine in here and having her be able to share that, that was uh, pretty awesome. I hadn't heard yeah. that uh, story mm. before about uh, how they were physically, yeah. men were there. Holding the flag hold, up. Propping that flag yes. up, holding it up. That's, yeah. that's, wow. And as you know, I come from a completely whole different angle. Um, I, I love history. I love uh, uh, learning the history because in the history mm -hmm. you find out wonderful things like that. Um, but then you also know the founding of our country mm -hmm. and, and what our founders did and so on. But I think that uh, uh, just to try to build upon what Corrine was saying is that people don't know what the flag actually stands for. They, there's actually a lot of meanings mm -hmm. about the flag. And to this day, believe it or not, with all, with all the uh, suppression going on, you could still Google. <laughs> you could duck, duck, go. Duck, duck, go. Yeah. And you could still actually find the meanings of all the different flags because the flags all have different meanings, whether they're by the size of the flag, mm -hmm. um, by whether the flag has a gold fringe, whether it has a tassel on it, whether it has an eagle on the top, and so on. But the, the truth of the matter is about the flags is that all flags are flown under maritime law. And maritime law comes down to every uh, ship out in the ocean. If, if you were in uh, you know, any part of the ocean and our military was out there and there was a ship flying or, or floating around out there without a flag, they have to go out and 
investigate who that you know is from what country because every country's flag has to be recognized under the maritime law so they're all required to have a flag on their ship if yeah. they're out at open sea yeah absolutely okay i didn't know that yeah and so um the craziest thing about it is that there's only supposed to be um, one flag that's supposed to be flown on land and and as far as like what we're looking at is actually the maritime flag because they changed the flag as we all know as the colonies were being developed there was you know the different stars being placed on those flags but now we have the 50 state flag which um I really don't think it's appropriate to go into today because I know you got a long agenda, <laughs> and, and quite frankly, everybody should know just how hard um, Becca Plus, prepares. That, that could be virtually a, an entire it, new show. It could, it could, but <laughs> and maybe but, we'll hit that in in the in the coming weeks. Yeah, but to 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 just uh, piggyback on Corrine, the the truth is, is people have to realize what that flag really means and how important it was to our founders and how we've lost the. Meaning meaning of the flag because people don't recognize the flag's power and they did die for that flag they were literally doing everything they could to keep that flag up and uh, keep it from you know falling because like you said if that flag would have fallen um, we would have literally not been a country here today. Uh -huh. And for me, you know, when I, I have my sons in the military, my husband was in the Air Force, my son was in the Marines, my daughter and son-in-law are currently in the Army. You know, when, when you don't salute the flag or give honor to the flag, I, to me, to me, it's like a slap in the face. Yeah. Because my family is ready to go wherever they need to be for to keep the evil away from the United States. You know, my, my son was shot in Afghanistan, um, and so it, it's a little bit more personal for me. Um, and um, yeah, I, I think it's just so disrespectful to all those men and women who are willing to fight for the flag still to this day. Whether or not we agree with the war, whether or not we agree that they have to be there, my son was willing to do that. And I think that's what we need to give honor to when we do the national anthem. I agree. And if I, if I could just add one thing that's sort of a little bit of a twist on this, um, I, I do believe we all should respe uh, respect our flag and all the men and women that served in our military. Um, it should be something so heartfelt to all of us mm -hmm. that, um, I, I, I mean, there's been times where, you know, emotions get me when I hear uh, you know, our Star Spangled Banner. But there's a point in time sometimes when you have to realize the flag actually can do another meaning for us. And I saw someone actually doing it, and a lot of people don't know this, but the way our country is right now, um, we are in distress. And a lot of people don't know what to do with the flag in distress, but it should be flown upside mm -hmm. down. Yep. And right now, that's my personal belief. I saw one person with their truck, pickup truck with it upside down, and I was like, wow, so one actually knows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And on a military base, if that base is, is under duress, it's supposed to fly that flag upside down. Yep. And I wish that every American would turn their flag upside down right now because we are in distress. And we all know what happened in 2020. We know that we have all corporate... Uh, government systems going on and we the people are not controlling our government they're controlling us so they they have literally flipped our whole government system upside down that that we don't have control of our government they've in, they've got control over us as slaves now so we should all flip our flags over
Yeah, but people don't even know that. You know, because we think we're in distress and they, they equate it to militarily. To, to See, before my, I got my son went into the military, um, I used to always think my enemies are where? In another country. Yeah. But right now, our enemies are within. Domestic. And people don't mm. even see it. Yeah. So I, I think that's that's a great to do the flag upside down for us people who understand it and get it. But as a, as a whole country, I, I don't even think some people even want to go there to understand that the only way to take down a country is from within. And that's what's happening today. Oh, exactly. It's been happening for decades. It has been it's a coming little to time. The, it's coming to the light now. Mm -hmm. But back in the 60s and the 70s, it was all underground. And so... Um, I agree with you. We are we are in distress. Yeah. People don't realize it because they don't want to open their eyes to actually see what's going on. Well, we're fortunate enough that we have uh, you know a person like Becca yeah. that invites people like us that are freedom yep. speakers into their programs, and we we need more people like Becca doing this mm -hmm. because all it takes is for us to start spreading that word, and it, we we've seen things go viral overnight. Yeah. I mean, we could make that go viral, and yeah. literally every person in this country could turn their flags upside down. The harvest is ripe right now. It That's is. what I tell people. It is. I think that would really send a message if everybody did that. Yeah, yeah. and you know, there's uh, Biden, everywhere he's going these days, he's getting booed by everybody. Yep. And, they're, and they got signs out with Trump and all that when he shows up. I mean, Well, you know, let's just put that out there. The next time Biden shows up somewhere, not only do you boo him. Turn your flags turn upside your flags, down. Turn your flags, have a bunch of flags there and have them all upside down. Mm. Yep, exactly. Because our country. Although he's probably so senile, he wouldn't even understand. He, he, he wouldn't, but no. you know. And and then they'll we, twist it. You know how the left, the far left liberal progressives are. Yeah, they'll twist yeah. it, and they'll try to point us out as, "Oh, we hate the flag," you know, because that's what they do. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what the left does. They twist everything. So it's even more incumbent upon us to really understand what we're doing and why we're doing it, so that we can come against them. In well, on the left, what they do is, and like you said, they redefine words, and yep. we're going to be talking about that later on the show too. That's been yep. something that's been happening a lot, and it's been happening a lot for. Like you said, decades. As yep. you know, as long as I can remember, throughout my life, it's been happening. In which, you know, back back when I was a, a kid, um, they used to the term they constantly use is political correctness. Yep. Now I don't hear that term nope. used anymore. No. Now we now we use inclusiveness. Yes. And 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 pronouns. You have mm -hmm. to use proper pronouns. The whole political correctness thing uh, seems to have gone away, and now we're into something much exactly. worse. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 I really, I, I do believe that we could start a movement doing that, though, because it, it's certainly the, the media mm -hmm. and all that is going to say the things they do because uh, it, all we have to do is look to God's word and see in Ezekiel, it actually says that in these times, what is wrong is will be right and what's right, it will be wrong. Right. So, and, and then it goes into what's evil will be good and what's good it will be evil so you know regardless you know whether it's half the country but i i believe more than half the country's awake now yeah so you know uh it's just another thing that we can do just like uh, let's go brandon let's right? go brandon absolutely yeah. yep yeah let's go brandon so we're going to turn our flags upside down? Let's do it. I got a flag in my house. Yeah. On well, my big pole. And if I could yeah. just add one little last thing to that. Yeah. I, I personally fly the American peace flag. It's the civil peace flag. It was the last time it was flown in this country was in uh, 1787. And uh, that, that's actually the true flag of our country. And the flag that we actually have flying right now is actually called the war flag. And when you do your research, it's because we're under militant uh, rule 
under the WARS Act. And under the WARS Act, every citizen of the United States is an enemy of the state. So they've literally made every single person in this country an enemy of the state placed under the war flag rather than our true flag of the country. And you go back to the 13 colony flag when our country was still a de jure country. Well, you know, we're seeing a lot of things happening right now with our out-of-control government, which, in my opinion, uh, well, I, I think you guys agree with me that uh, Joe Biden is not the legitimate president of this country. He was fraudulently elected. But we're seeing things that I just honestly, I just can't believe. I can't imagine that I'm seeing this. And, and in my lifetime, I never thought I'd see this, where we're seeing him where he's weaponized the FBI. And, and they're going in and they're just rounding people up without warrants, you know, with military gear and, 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 and military-type weapons and military-type vehicles and, and huge numbers of people coming in. They're essentially like soldiers and, and cuffing and leg-ironing people and, and pointing guns at them, at them and their family and their neighbors. I never imagined this would go on in the United States. And the thing is, is that I cannot believe that Everybody is not really, really concerned about this. I, I know I am, and I know you guys are, and I know a lot of people in our movement are, but a lot of people in this country, either they're oblivious to what's going on or it just doesn't bother them anymore, which is really amazing. Anyway, we're at the, we're at the break, and uh, we'll be back in a few minutes, and we'll continue the conversation. Agave Builders, we are a veteran, family-owned company since 1993. If you have a small honey-do list or need a home built, we can help you with that. So call us at 505-385-6680. Do you have a hard time getting in and out of your bathtub? We are also a premier walk-in tub dealer. We can help you with those aches and pains of getting in and out. Find us at agavebuildersnm.com. We are also a VA-certified company that helps qualified veterans obtain grants through the VA and other nonprofits to repair or remodel their home. Find us at agavebuildersnm.com, look us up on Facebook, or call us 505-385-6680. That's 505-385-6680. Longing to be free of pain? Free of pain meds? To move freely and easily again? Call Dr. Lynn today. 505-200-0271. RiverLightCommunityPT.com. 505-200-0271. 
Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, -on -one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at Perkins Protection training.com Welcome back to Freedom Speak. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you're listening to Conservative Talk ABQ, KDAZ 96.9 FM, AM 700, and you can listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. And I'd like for you to send me your question and comments. If you want to get started advertising, you can do that too. Email me at my new email address of Becca, B-E-C-C-A, at freedomspeaknm.com. So I'm here with my guests today, Corrine Rios and Tim McLean, and we were having a really great discussion about uh, the flag and the national anthem. And one thing that you all need to realize is that we were talking about the symbolism of all this. You know, the reason we stand and we give the pledge to the flag, we're not worshiping the flag. We are respecting what the flag stands for. It stands for the fight that a lot of people went through to, to get our freedom in this country. And, and Corrine pointed out something I, I hadn't even known before about how at the Battle of Fort McHenry, how men were literally up there propping up the flag, holding the flag. When it would start to fall, they'd get up there and hold it. Mm -hmm. And when the, when the battle was over, some of those men were found dead at the foot of the flag because they stood there, they stood their post they kept that flag flying. Yep. That's, wow, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. So, we have a lot of criminals currently running our government, in my opinion. And the reason I say that is because they have been breaking our laws. They've been violating the Constitution. They've been doing it for a really long time. But now they're really, really blatant about it. I mean, they're not even hiding anymore. They used to just be working in the shadows all the time. And you, you know, like the analogy about the boiling frog, you know, they used to be boiling us, have us just on low and just boiling us really slow. Now they've just cranked up the heat. Now they don't care anymore because now they think that we are all gonna roll over and comply and they think that there's nothing we can do about it. Well, there is things we can do about it. For starters, we can, we can get out and vote, and I know a lot of people say, oh, well, my vote doesn't count because there's so much fraud and cheating. Yeah, there is a lot of fraud and cheating. But you know what? Now we know about it, and we know how they're doing it. You know what I always tell people? Can I interrupt you? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, there's been cheating since Abraham Lincoln. There absolutely has been. 
Uh, that's with paper ballots back then. Mm -hmm. But I always tell people in 2016, what happened in 2016? We don't think there was cheating in 2016? Oh, heck yeah, there was. Heck yes, but what happened? The American people rose up in droves, broke the algorithms of this machine, and we elected Trump as president. There was no hiding behind that. There wasn't. But don't kid ourselves in thinking that there was no cheating in 2016. There absolutely was. And oh, there yeah. will continue to be cheating um, as long as we go forward because we have evil people in this world, period. Yes, we do. But we can overcome that. We can. By not uh, succumbing to being discouraged or, or, or being feeling disenfranchised. Right now, we still have the right to vote, and we, ought to, we need to still go do that, regardless of how we feel about it. Yeah, totally agree. You know, I, this topic that I've been wanting to get to for a few weeks now, and I just never have got to it, we're going to do it today. Mm. Um, I found an interesting article on spectator.org in which they were talking about how the Democrats want to turn illegals into voters. Now, we've been seeing this massive flood. I call it an invasion at our southern border. I mean, when you've got thousands and thousands, I can't remember what the number was, but it was huge, this huge number of tens of thousands of people invading our country on a daily basis and getting in and... Our border control, border patrol has been rendered powerless. Mm -hmm. They've basically been turned into people that are basically escorting people across the border. And then, and then checking them in, and then they end up on buses, they end up on planes, and they end up disappearing into our country. And just the other day I saw a thing where they caught, I think it was uh, eight, 80 or may, was it more, a whole bunch of terrorists they caught down there at the border. They caught them. Now, if those are the ones they caught, how many people, how many terrorists have gotten into the country? And what are they planning? Are they going to just wait for some go-ahead order from somebody and then attack our country from within? I mean, we've certainly been getting attacked from within politically, but what if we start getting attacked militarily, which could happen? So... They're wanting to turn these illegals into voters. And from what I understand, we've already got uh, over, over half a million illegals in the country. Now, I've talked about this before, and it's like maybe these illegals aren't going to necessarily directly cast a ballot. But what they're going to do is they've been trying to institute things like automatic registration. Mm -hmm. Okay where if you go in, one of these illegals, they go in and they say they allow them to get a driver's license. And they're really pushing for this idea of when you get a driver's license, you get registered to vote automatically. Well, here's the problem with issuing an illegal alien a driver's license. That you do that and then they get automatically registered to vote. Now, now you might say, oh, well, these illegals, they're not going to want to draw attention to themselves, so they're not going to be showing up at the ballot box, but they're still registered. So doesn't that leave it open for somebody else to, if, to vote in their place? If I may. Yeah, go, <laughs> go for it. So 
<clears throat> what people don't know is that every single person who gets a driver's license gets registered to vote whether they know it or not. They're on the voter roll. Well, yeah. It's one of the requirements that we, you know, tell people if they aren't working in commerce because we all have the right to travel as an American state national, um, we don't have to hold the driver's license because that's one of the superior titles they hold over us to be able to um, put us into their system in their corporate system. So when we remove ourselves from their system, we, uh, you know, go in and we have our, our driver's licenses canceled. And that's how I personally know that because um, in order for us to be out of the voter roll as an American state national, we have to uh, get rid of our driver's license. Hmm. So every single person. So that's the reason why what you're bringing up, Becca, yeah. is so true that that's why California will give a, uh, an illegal alien a driver's license. Is it a driver's license or ID? It's, it's a driver's license. They can get a driver's license in California. I don't know about other states, but yeah. I, I do know because I had a lot of companies out there at one point. Mm. And... Uh, so, but I don't think people understand how the whole process works, and I think people need to understand. When illegal comes over to this country, they are detained, and they are given a court date. They are given a court date so the, the courts can decide whether they can stay or whether they have to be deported. That's the process. Mm -hmm. um, we do not... The only um, asylum... Uh, this is from my research a couple years ago, that we acknowledge is political asylum. We don't acknowledge economic asylum. Right, and so I think people forgot have forgotten this, and even the people who are enforcing the laws have forgotten this. We already know which countries um, are, are persecuting their citizens for political reasons. Right. right. So what has happened is that everybody's coming over now. Most of the people are coming over for economic asylum. We don't even acknowledge uh, economic as asylum at all. Okay, so they come over, and more than half of those people are are wanting economic asylum. So they have to wait for a court date. So they have to be given a court date. So what do they do while they're waiting for their six-month court date down the line? We can't hold them. We don't have enough governmental facilities to hold these people. So we let them out into the public hoping and praying, oh, they're good people. They're going to come back for their court date. Which most of the time they don't. They do not. I think the last time I read it was 90% do mm -hmm. not come back for their court date. The... the uh Republicans and the Democrats are at fault with this one because when when Trump was in office, the rhinos were there too, mm -hmm. and they could have fixed this. Absolutely. The truth is, is that that our our country is broken when it comes to uh, our immigration because they want it to be broken, and and it's literally uh, all those rhinos that are in there under the Republican side of this. If they they could have done it very simply. Correct. Because we had we had Trump in there, we had every means of doing it. They're the ones who did it on purpose. So I, I'd like to just share with you uh, the actual true numbers. We we are only getting the fake numbers like we always do, mm -hmm, right? True. But anybody could uh, uh, go on YouTube and look up Monkey Works, and it's W E R X. And watch his videos. He's he's a guy in the military. I brought this up last time I was in mm -hmm. the studio here. That he actually traces all of these planes that they're flying in from all over South America and everywhere, bringing immigrants in. And it's exactly where Becca's going with this, is that they are trying to build up their voter rolls because they know 
that a landslide's going to come. So they're they're literally bringing in plane flo- uh, f- uh, loads uh-huh. every day. I mean, I'm talking, you know, thousands of people every day. Well, they know them. they can't get enough American voters. Right. right. So they're importing voters is exactly. what they're trying to do because they they see the writing on the wall. They see what's going to happen in the election this year, and they've, they've got to somehow get more voters, so they got to bring them in. Exactly, and that's exactly what they've been doing. So, you know, our media's focus, you know, those that are focusing on it, on the border itself, saying, oh, look at what's going on. But they're not seeing the true numbers of the people that are coming in on planes. And I'm talking, you know, Delta, um, Southwest. They're using all of the, our airlines, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Delta's a big one. And they're literally using those to bring in illegals. You know, an interesting thing in this article I was looking at when we're talking about registering these illegals, they pointed out this fact here that that green card holders in Nevada visited the Department of Motor Vehicles and apparently they just got their green cards. So... They were, they were shocked to find themselves already on the voter rolls. Yep. So, see, there's some proof. Anybody yeah. says that that's not, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. No, no, it's, it's true, and there's some proof of it right there. Yeah, yep. Yep. <clears throat> and it's actually been going on a lot longer than most people think. I, I'd like to just touch on this just very briefly that, uh, you know, it, when it's broken... I mean, honestly, my heart goes out to um, these people because their their countries are far worse off and they're in much worse off situations. We need people to be able to come into our country lawfully. And unfortunately, there is no lawful system for them because they're literally waiting on waiting lists for years, some of them even a decade or more. Well, you know, because of all this illegal immigration, the lawful system has been completely broken. It's broken, exactly. And like I said, this could have been fixed, but they they haven't wanted it to be fixed because they want um, the separation, the divide. They want to create where we fight with the Democrats, the Democrats fight with the Republicans. They want to create this divide, and our media is really good at it. And we, the people, need to stand up, and we need to say enough is enough of this. Stop listening to these people. Well, you know, another, another thing they do, Tim, with these issues is, like you said, they don't want to fix them because they don't want to fix them because they want them to continue to be an issue right. that they can use in elections. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And, and if you solve, if you solve the problem then oh wow what are we going to run on next time yeah and you know to kareen's point earlier which is a very good point you know uh, the algorithms were overwhelmed with uh, the 2016 election and you know but i mean i personally have been awake to this for over 20 years that the elections have been fraudulent all the way back then and now, all you, over the world if and, you look at them all over the world they have been fraudulent and kareen mm-hmm. you brought up that that uh you know going back to lincoln well the truth is is that lincoln actually shouldn't have ever been able to run but they took away the 13th amendment and him being a bar attorney should have never even been able to be the president so um it goes back as far as that, as you, you pointed out. So um, it, it, it does mean that, that the system needs to be overwhelmed again. But, mm-hmm. the, but the most important part, uh, Gore versus uh, Bush, that was all designed 
with the hanging chads mm -hmm. and all that because they had to bring in the voting machines. You know, I lived in Florida at the time during that election when that was happening with the hanging chads and all that stuff. And an interesting thing that I remember about that election is that, <clears throat> I don't know how many people know this, but Florida is actually in two time zones. So you've got the eastern part, the main part of Florida, you know, is Eastern, is Eastern time zone. But if you go up into the Panhandle area, like Panama City mm -hmm. and that area, stuff like that, that's actually in the central time zone. So what they did on the night of that election, I remember, uh, you know, the whole hanging chad uh, fiasco, is that they called the election for Florida Beef, when there was still an hour left for people in, in the Panhandle area to vote, which guess what mainly makes up the voters in the Panhandle area? Yeah. Military? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Conservative yeah. voters. Right, right. Republicans. Yeah, but that was all designed. Mm -hmm. and, and like words, I, as Becca knows, I'm really into language and words and how they Oh, we're going to be talking about that today. They've played a lot on us, but you have yeah. to even just look at the word dominion, okay? The word dominion is actually having control over you. That's what those machines, mm -hmm. that's why they're called dominion machines because it's they're having control over the vote so that's that's very powerful for people to actually think about and realize that dominion voting machines are saying we have dominion over your vote wow yeah but it's interesting with the illegal votes you know um th these illegals coming over and you say they're they're how is it, because I don't think people really understand, how is it if a government lets all these illegals come in, how does that equate to voting? Can you explain that to, to the people so they understand what that means? Because sometimes we say something and then we say something, but we don't connect the two of them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, the goal here is, and you know, you, you all might have heard about that, uh, that bill they've been trying to get through Congress, H.R. 1. Okay. What the, the goal of that is to enable them to register illegal aliens to vote, okay? But the thing is, is, is like I said, just because they're registered doesn't mean that these illegals, a lot of them are just laying low and they don't, you know, they don't want to get noticed because they right. don't want to get deported possibly. But the fact that they're registered and they're on a list, which is, I, I know mm -hmm. now that those lists are, can be accessed from third mm -hmm. parties. You have that list of voters and you can find ways to harvest those yes. ballots. And wasn't that in the 2000 mules down in San Luis, uh, Texas, where the Hispanic population who didn't speak a whole lot of English, mm -hmm. right? And they, but they were on the, on the rolls and somebody would, I think from the Democratic Party would go on there and, oh, here, let me, let, let me fill this, let me fill your ballot right. out for you. Or the mail-in ballots. What they can do right. is they can get all these names and they can mail all these ballots to some place where they know they're going to go, kind of like the story we heard about the dorm that, yes. that got that had 400 ballots. And it's like, wow, that's a crowded dorm, isn't it? Yeah, so I, what I don't think people understand, it's not all these illegals going and standing in line to vote. Yeah, a lot of people it's, misinterpret, it's, think that that's what's happening. That's not, not what's no. happening. And no. I don't think the, the, the public understands the level of fraudulent activity that's going on 
going on. Mm -hmm. So they don't see a whole line of Hispanics at the vault. Oh, that's not happening. That's yeah. just a theory. That's just well, that's how they get away theory. with it. Yeah, they look. It's like, yes. well, I don't see illegal standing in line voting. It's exactly. like I just went down and voted today, and it's like all I saw was like my neighbors and stuff. Right, and, and so that's like, where we have to no. connect the dots for people to understand yeah. that it opens the door for behind the scenes fraudulent activity, right. especially in the Hispanic community, because a lot of them don't speak English. Well, and a lot of them are afraid to, like uh, Becca yes. said, to be able to actually be noticed in public or anything like that. And, yes. Um, but, you know, it's sort of funny because my, my best friend I grew up, um, his mom was from Mexico, his dad was from Hungary, and so I called him a hungry Mexican. <laughs> but literally, he, their family was like my family. They, they were the, their culture, um, you know, as far as uh, people from Mexico or Hispanic people, they have such a great family culture. But the, what I'm getting to is the point is that even the Hispanic communities around this country do not like Biden. They don't like Correct. what's going on. And, and all of the people who are coming over, they, a lot of them have relatives here. And so they educate them. So I believe that this is going to backfire on them, other than what you're bringing up the fact that they're going to still use their vote and harvest their vote to put it in those Right, they want to get them on the voter rolls so they can harvest those yes. ballots. Exactly. That is the goal, not necessarily that they're going to show up to vote. Exactly. And you know, you're talking about the Hispanics uh, that are coming over. And and I think you may remember the story I was talking about, I don't know, might have been when you were on with me last time, I'm not sure, in which George Soros-backed uh, organizations are, are buying up Spanish-speaking radio stations mm -hmm. around the country. I mean, they're getting desperate. They know yeah, what yeah. you were talking about is true. Yeah. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to indoctrinate these people. Exactly. It's like, okay, well, they don't speak English, so they're not going to hear what everybody else is saying. So we're going to indoctrinate them on these Spanish-speaking radio stations that they're probably all tuning into. And, and, the, and the media, um, you know, as far as like the news ones too. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You know, my husband, um, his family, he's from Mexico. And in the in the 50s and the 60s, his family migrated freely, open borders from um, uh, the Rio Grande Valley down there by McAllen, Texas, and they came across freely. They didn't need anything, and they would pick the crops. Back then in the 60s, we needed people to pick mm -hmm. the crops, and they came back freely. My husband is an anchor baby. You guys know what that means, yeah, right? Yeah, he was yeah. born here in the United States, and um, um, and his mother finally came over here. She got her citizenship. She knows more about the Constitution. She learned the language. She was a hard-working Mexican national that came over here for a better life for her and her children because a lot of those people in Mexico, my husband would tell me, "Hun, when I was a kid and we'd cross over the border, I would always cross the river and the gate. What makes the U.S. so different than Mexico? He goes, I never understood, because you go into Mexico right now, there's no infrastructure, the buildings are collapsing, the same as in the 1960s. And a lot of people in the 1960s came across for a better life. Mm -hmm. I think that has changed. Uh, I, I know there are still families coming over for a better life, but I think the whole uh, the movement has, has changed, because what I'm seeing in the Hispanic community is you have people coming over, that their parents have been here for 20 years. For whatever reason, they didn't get their citizenship. Mm -hmm. And now anger has fallen on to, to their children and mm -hmm. blaming the United States. I've seen it so many times already. Yeah. You know, because they... And I was talking to somebody else, is that we, our expectations are here. 
at the very bottom. They're yeah. not up here saying, you know what, you get your citizenship in five, year, five years or you're gone mm -hmm. because it's trickling down to their children where they're blaming the United States for their, for them not being able to to advance in American society yeah. because they become dependent now, you know, and, and, and they're not afforded uh, voting. They shouldn't be afforded voting rights and some other things that, that Americans have because, okay, just live here legally. Yeah. It, you know, it's like what you're saying, Quirin, is so true. There's, there's people in this country uh, where their parents or their grandparents came over here legally. Mm -hmm. They got their citizenship and, and, and they're Hispanic, they're Mexican, and they are literally like... I don't want these people coming over illegally because they don't know the values. They got yeah. they got to learn what these values are of what our country means. And yeah. like you said, mm -hmm. your 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 mom learned English rather than like. And you know they, why? So she could assimilate. Yeah. But we don't have an official language in the United States. Yeah. You know, anybody can speak whatever they want, and what what unites a country is a language. Exactly. But we don't have an official language. We want to cater to all these languages. And when you when you expect people and have expectations of people, women especially when, when, when they get pregnant, oh, just kill it. You're, you're expecting nothing from them, so guess what? You're gonna get nothing. Yeah. That's the problem today. You know, we want to water it down. I know I'm a teacher. You're I used to teach. And uh, when you have all these kids and you have some way up here and some way you just, you, you, the expectations are lower. Yeah. That's just the way it is. But illegals, um, uh, I, I think that it has changed from the 1960s to today. And you brought in drugs, you brought in human trafficking. And, and we need to get a hold on that because if we don't stop the border and enforce some of the laws that we already have, I mean, we are putting more people's lives in danger. Absolutely. Just in Texas a couple of days ago, yes. I believe a van of 50, 50. people had died because of, you know, heat. Oh, and they literally know. cooked to death in the they, back of a they, truck. They did. Yes. Yeah. And 53, 53 people from and, what I understand. Yeah. And they turn around and try to put it on Abbott mm -hmm. rather than saying, you know, taking responsibility for it themselves yeah. because isn't that Kamala's spot, yeah. right? The right. Border, right. What has Kamala yeah. done down on the border? And, and you know what's you interesting about Trump and, and, and he stopped it at the border because he put pressure on Mexico. Right. We need, we can't forget that. The reason why it's happening now is because they know this president and, is a softie and he doesn't really care. He doesn't enforce anything. But when Trump was in there, he was almost to the point where he was going to stop Mexicans um, from sending money over to their families. Mm -hmm. I mean, and putting pressure on Mexico. That's what a leader does to stop the senseless death of all these people. This is this is leadership issue. Well, we don't have any leadership right now is the problem. Hey, no, we do, just evil leadership. Evil, evil leadership. <laughs> so we're approaching the end of the first hour. Uh, that just Already? Yeah, that flew by, didn't oh, it? Oh, I wasn't gosh. done talking about that. I, I know. Well, that's okay. We'll pick it up in the next hour because I still got I got still got stuff I want to cover in this topic. It's like, yeah, because this is a big topic. It's Especially with the Constitution yeah. that just came down, a ruling that to just came down. Totally, totally. Yeah. So we'll talk about all that in the as we pick it up in the next hour. And then another thing I want to talk about, I've got kind of a fun topic here about how science fiction becomes science fact. Mm. Um, that should be kind of fun. And um, I don't know, I got, uh, yeah, Democrat insurrectionists. I want to talk about oh. that a little bit. So anyway, we'll catch you, we'll pick you up in the next hour. Okie dokie. Failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach. So you can get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants it. Well, he gets it. I don't like it. 